Hello, this is Tom Jacobs from tdjacobs.com. I'm an evolutionary astrologer and a channel and an energy worker. And I do readings, consultations, healing work, as well as uh, teach astrology and intuitive skills stuff. There's a lot of uh, uh, MP3s to help you heal and release and get grounded and clear things, as well as uh, program crystals uh, for the same purpose, and also books at tdjacobs.com. Today, I am doing a bit of a karmic profile for Emmanuel Macron, who is the uh, president-elect of France. Today is um, uh, May 8th, so the day after the runoff election. I was really uh, intrigued uh, with the two candidates' charts together, or at least just looking at a couple of things, where Marine Le Pen and Macron have um, uh, their nodes exactly opposite, and they're not that different in age, and so their heiresses are involved. And I was kind of, anyway, I didn't want to get into her chart because I think she's skeevy and gross. Uh, I really think that she's, anyway, so um, I can't listen, can't like watch any clips of her speaking or listen to her energy because she's just like trying to ride away, I know, trying to ride a wave of fear and then instill the fear, and then ride it, you know, like, stoke it, and then ride it, you know, she, like, reinvented this, like, this, you know, divisive party by kicking her dad out, you know what I mean, and he was kind of a, a foul mouth, you know, big mouth kind of person, anyway, so she's got that Libra South note, and she's, um, playing to people, and it's gross, and anyway, so I was like, fuck her, uh, if he wins, I'll do a profile on him, if Macron wins, I'll do a profile on him, and she can just, you know, whatever. She, when, I just want to say one thing. For people who have been watching this, and I know not everybody in the U.S. cares about this, but it's actually very, you know, about the French election, but it's actually very important because of the the um, stability of the EU and just kind of like, you know, the, div, the um, potential validation of tribal uh, divisive fear stuff, you know, with immigrants and, you know, USA, you know, America first was Trump's crap. And then Macron's, th or not Macron, but uh, Le Pen's thing is, uh, you know, like France first, that whole kind of, maybe she doesn't say it all the time, but like that kind of attitude. Um, it's actually very important that in this election, that was not validated. Like that was not elevated above all else, right? Uh, it is amazing that, that she got about a third of the votes of those who voted. That is a crazy accomplishment. And she's, of course, you know, <laughs> sitting atop a pile of laurels. She's, you know, fabricated for herself and is very proud of herself. And she will not stop. I just want to say that um, she will not stop. This thing about divisiveness, this thing about, you know, like now now Trump is president in the U.S. Uh, and so people are like, well, I mean, is he even going to make his, you know, last the, the four years, whatever. And then, oh, you know, we're assuming there's going to be a backlash against him, not only in the 2018 uh, congressional midterm elections, but also uh, next time, right? We're all assuming many people whose, you know, heads are on top of their necks <laughs> are, are not, are assuming that they'll, you know, it's not possible he could be reelected because of all these blunders and illegalities and all these conflicts of interest and all this garbage. Um, but I want to be clear at the outset here, well, I'm going to tell the story about this guy in France who's not going to do that. I just want to be clear that crap is not going away because it's a long-term, multi-generational thing that we have to deal with. So, you know, like I was teaching a class this week, and one of the students 
who's been aware of my work for quite a while. It's an evolutionary astrology basics class, and and she's been aware of my work for quite a while. But she basically she wrote to me after class. She was like, I was a little, kind of a little down or a little depressed because uh, I don't remember what word she used. One of the two, because this idea that like we have to keep coming back. Because I was pointing out that, like, in any given life, there's this opportunity you can, um, every given life is this opportunity to go from fear into love, and therefore the soul learns what it needs to learn, but it does it over and over and over again. And this model of soul I'm teaching with my evolutionary astrology work is not a model based in linear time, like you have some past lives and here's your present life, they inform you. It, from the soul's perspective, it's all happening at the same time. So the idea of karma as a wheel that you can get off of, uh, that's, that doesn't fit with this model I've channeled from the Ascended Master that I that I work with and, and whose information and vibration is impeccable. It doesn't work on that model. So I was saying we have to come back. And so, you know, and then she wrote, like, maybe I'm just like, you know, maybe I'm having a reaction to certain transits that feel kind of heavy and kind of emotions are coming up. And, and that makes total sense. But I just want to say that some things take a very long time for the individual process, as well as as you know my my the person in my class said my student said, but also for collective issues. Uh, so racism, sexism, you know, domestic violence, how we deal with addictive, all these different things that are you know really painful and are really hard to look at. Um, persist because the entire collective has to go through a learning process. So I just want to say with this nationalistic stuff, uh, you know, like the dude, um, what was his name? Wilders in the, uh, there might not be an S on the end of the name. I can't remember. But anyway, that guy, Geert Wilder, Wilders, uh, in the Netherlands, he did not win. So that was encouraging. Um, and then Le Pen did not win. That's encouraging. But I just want to be clear. This is, this is going to play itself out. These people are not going away. Because they're trying to um, express that they have the right to feel anger. I talked about that in terms of um, you know the, the the U.S. presidential election in November 2016 that that you know resulted in uh, in uh, Trump heading to that office. I talked about that in terms of it being in essence a referendum on do I have the right to feel fear? Do I have the right to feel what I'm feeling? And I was like, in one of those MP3s about, well, I think it was called The World Is Not Going to Shit, the, the, the one I did the day after the election, uh, just to give you some higher level perspectives on what's happening and how to deal with it. I, I think I said something like, um, okay, got it. You, you do have the, you know, yes, you have the right to be angry and to be afraid and be angry that you're afraid. Yeah, yes, you do, America. Um, anyway, so let, let's um, let's just shift into this dude here. So Macron's birth data, and it's rated uh, it's rated double A, so that's nice. December twenty first, nineteen seventy seven, ten forty a.m. in Amiens, France. My French pronunciation is not great. I'm gonna spell it A M like Mary. I-E, N like Nancy, S like Samuel. Uh, I also did pull up two charts here with transits and progressions. One for the day in early April 2016 when he officially formed his political party. Um, and then also for the day of the election. And there's some interesting things. So I'm going to do a little karmic profile. And then I'm going to um, to you know give you some ideas on some of the transits and progressions that, that I've been working on. One of my things, or the biggest thing in my practice is... 
you know, a Jupiter transit for Macron is not the same as for you and me, and your Saturn transit is not the same as for me or this guy, uh, because the natal, the natal chart is the foundational starting point for every person. So we have to understand what the natal chart says, and in that case, and, and for that reason, I go straight to the karmic journey. What you know, the multi-life journey. What does the chart say? The soul intends and requires that its humans go through in a bunch of lives. In other words, what themes or thematic paths has the soul set up for the human uh, in many lives? Okay, and actually, by the way, I just mentioned that class. Um, the next, if you want to learn how I do astrology from this channel perspective, that you're going to hear like, you're going to hear tonight, or that's tonight for me, in this MP3, you're going to hear... And in a bunch of other of the 180 MP3s on SoundCloud that I've that I put up there for you, you're going to hear different you know angles on karmic analysis. But in this class called Evolutionary Astrology Basics One, I'm going to be teaching you the foundations. So go to tdjacobs.com, look for Learn Astrology from the homepage, and you will find info on that class. The next one starts uh, Monday, June 5th, 6 to 8 p.m. Pacific time. Now, this very first class, if you can't make that time, like I know that I have students in uh, Europe and Australia and South Africa and sometimes New Zealand and, and sometimes um, get really interested in taking a class, but I started at 6 p.m. This particular class, you can get the MP3s without being live in the class and keep in touch with me during the week if you have questions. You can do that. In future classes building on this, where I take you into an advanced stage of this analysis, learning these analyses. Um, you'd have to be live in class for practice, and I'll, and I'll do different scheduling things to enable people in different parts of the world to join in, just FYI. Um, but yeah, with this course, you can you know be in, t be in touch and let me know what's going on if you're not planning to be in class. But the Evolutionary Astrology Basics 1 class will run six Mondays, uh, beginning uh, June 5th, 2017. It will skip... Um, the the day now I'm blanking of course it, uh, sorry I've just so many scheduling things going on I have to look it will skip um, Monday July 3rd because of the U.S. holiday the following day and I figure you know some people might still be into holidays and have a long weekend planned or whatever um, okay so um, yeah so uh, I love teaching this class I'm doing the first round of it now. And I'm going to repeat the very same class uh, to get more people into uh, uh, level one basics. And once you've taken level one, I've already organized a path forward. And um, as far as introducing levels of the analysis and how to understand things and really getting in depth. And, and you know, it might be six or eight classes to really get you to you where you master the material. But basics part two you're eligible for once you take basics part one. So just be aware, I'm developing a path to study with me in that kind of focused way. You know, as I went through um, Steve Stephen Forrest's apprenticeship program, uh, the way it's set up, um, it doesn't offer a lot of, it offers basically zero time to work with Steve. And when I started going in 2004, maybe 25 people would go 
um, and now it might be 70 or 80 people. And so he, you know, the way it's set up, you, you learn the philosophical underpinnings, you learn techniques, uh, but you, you can't ask questions really and bounce it off him and sit down with him in small groups. And so that's really a focus of what I do. Uh, and, uh, anyway, so just be aware that I'm going to teach you how to really do the charts. Okay. So for Macron, let's talk about this. I, when I talk about karmic, uh, stories, and karmic analyses, I always start with Pluto. Uh, and Pluto, to me, represents the empowerment journey that the soul sets out for the human. How can I figure out how to be strong and confident? How can I cycle through what looks like power based in 3D, you know, money, possessions, status, respect, being elected to office, whatever, it looks like power, how can I cycle through all that stuff and then realize what true spiritual power is? Get closer to the wisdom of my soul. My soul does not give a shit about the number in my bank account or if I have letters after my name or how hot my wife is. My soul does not care about that. It's about self-knowledge and self-validation. So Pluto represents what, in a bunch of lives, the soul has the person confront and feel at times disempowered or powerless and at other times develops, you know, deep self-knowledge through confronting a challenge. And then the opportunity to love the shadow, which is where the deep self-knowledge comes in, and then love that part. So, uh, Macron is in the generation of Pluto in Libra. And this is about attempting to create fairness. <laughs> attempting to create uh, harmony with other people. Uh, and his Pluto is in the eighth house. This is the house of intimacy and trust. And it's where we show ourselves and we become vulnerable. Uh, so I was, I looked at this chart maybe 10 days ago when I was a week ago when I was thinking about the whole, like, oh, their nodes are reversed and heiress, blah, blah, blah. And I saw this Pluto there and I actually have a, a dear friend who has the same signature who's, uh, born maybe five days before, before him. And um, so I'm pretty familiar with Pluto and, and Libra, you know, conjunct the North Node is what I'm going to get into here. But I was looking at that, and, and then tonight I went to a YouTube video and watched his, um, first I watched like a little three-minute profile from the BBC, just like, who is this guy? Um, where they just have a bunch of talking heads, like, in eight-second clips talking about him. But then I went to his acceptance speech outside the Louvre, right in front of the big glass pyramid dealio, uh, the other night. And it was translated, so I could actually understand what he was saying uh, through the translator. But um, I wanted to get a feel for his energy and what kind of vibe he gives off. And, and anyway, so, so this Pluto in, in Libra thing is trying to bring peace. And I see, I see that in him, but there's a complex story here, as I'm going to explain because of other signatures. Pluto and Libra people um, need to learn to negotiate and need to learn compromise. And in a certain way, you know, politics is a, is a fantastic uh, incubator for the learning of Pluto and Libra because you have to make a case and you have to listen to others and you have to work shit out to try to find common ground. That's what Pluto and Libra needs to do. Pluto and Libra needing peace, needing harmony, needing to create balance, needing to learn how to create those things, in fact, will find itself plopped in the middle of conflict 
perhaps even tyranny and violence and things like that. So the struggle is to create peace, but you actually might not have it. So um, it gets very complex here because Pluto has conjunct his north node of the moon, which says in a bunch of lives, doing Pluto and Libra effectively has not been shown to him. It could be that models of how to get along with people might not serve him, models that are that are present in his family system. Uh, it could be that um, he carries in assumptions and presumptions and prejudices and biases about what it should look like. That's what a lot of people who have uh, planets conjunct the North Node uh, find themselves doing, repeating presumptions, like, like with Trump. He has that Sun and Uranus conjunct his North Node in the 10th house. So he has an idea of what he believes it means to be respected and and more importantly what one has to do to earn respect so he has biases about that um, that's in the in the 10th house of course for Trump so that's about you know ambition and respect and whatever really in the 10th house you opt to do something valuable to your community for your community you you know you're you know he's doing the you know egomaniacal um, selfish man-child you know he's doing that whole path because he has he desperately craves respect and he has never been taught how to go about developing self-respect hence all the lying so anyway when you have a planet conjunct the north node you run on assumptions well Macron is, is in the eighth house in Libra so he is going to have certain assumptions about working with others he's going to have certain um, doubts that he should bother listening to other people. This is going to get more complex as I talk about the South Node ruler Mars in Libra's house, in the seventh house. But um, I just want to lay this out. The basic idea is he's going to have certain ideas of what compromise should look like. He might overdo it or underdo it, but he's got certain ideas about what it should look like. Um, when a planet is conjunct the North Node, for anybody, you believe. Mm, one of two things, but more prominent, more likely you vacillate between the two. One of the beliefs is, and this is stuff I'm going to go into in detail with a bunch of examples in the Evolution Astrology Basics classes, just FYI, because this is one of those things that, that you know, I was talking with the Ascended Master, like, I don't know what I've learned from humans totally answers this question, and, he, and then Jehudi explains it. Um, and uh, Jehudi, by the way, is Thoth. St. Germain, Merlin, he's an ascended master. He hangs out to answer questions, to help humanity evolve, no matter what we need. And I've just developed a relationship with him uh, to bring through these answers, because I was really curious about certain questions about soul and astrology that I, that I, weren't, I wasn't having answered by studying with uh, humans. So anyway, um, one of the things that you might believe is, I never get to have that planet on the north node i never you know other people i never get to do that people like us don't do that might have been modeled for the kid of being young the other belief is i'm going to have that no matter what so there are karmic memories there are in the unconscious in the emotional body there are memories of not doing this thing and you come out on one of two different ways typically though people vacillate between them being headstrong and determined and then giving up because different parts from different, you know, 
area, uh, places along the Earth timeline will speak up. I, I need to do this. It's a part of who I am, right? A planet represents a part of the psyche. I need to do it. But, oh, we never get to have it. Those beliefs can take over. So so you, you might end up vacillating. This is one of the things I'm curious about with him. How far, with Macron, how far he will be able to take the workings with other people. One of the big deals here is that his party is new as of early April 2016, right? And then he announces his candidacy in, I guess, September, but his party has no seats in parliament. That's a big deal. If he doesn't figure out how to work with people, he'll be stalemated. Okay, because he's not establishment. Remember, he's not from one of the main parties that's always been represented in these elections for decades. So that's a big deal here. So how far can he do? He is being, he's going to be tested about how he, how good he is and how committed he is about working with other people. Um, I do want to, yeah, I, I don't want to jump around, but I kind of do want to jump around. Let me just see. Let me just say that um, this trust thing, this working with people involves slowing down to listen to them. So, so there's a really important thing in there. Then that is what he needs to learn new things about in this life. And and he's probably in process. Uh, we shouldn't assume that, you know, because people have difficult things happen in other lives that they're not learning now. We, we need to give people the benefit of the doubt. We're each a work in progress and people do learn, you know. I look at a chart and I see this marker of wounding or whatever, but people do heal and learn. Um, his south node of the moon, the opposite, opposite of the Pluto, is in Aries in the second house. And the second house is about self-reliance and being clear about values, what matters to you. The this, this second house can be conservative, wanting the status quo to be the same so you can control how it works. And that he is a banker, financier, finance minister, it makes a lot of sense with the South Node in the second house, frankly. Uh, not to be too stereotypical, but that's like pretty stereotypical. <laughs> it's pretty classic. Um, you know, good with money, right, would be, will be the stereotype. Um, but being clear about values, right? In Aries, there's, you know, fire, response, rescue, assertion, self-defense, aggression, um, all that kind of thing. Now, Eris is on his South Node, this dwarf planet Eris. Um, and Eris is about pushing people's buttons and lighting fires under people. And the difference between those two is motivation. If I want you to succeed, I'm going to want to light a fire under you to go heal your thing and have self-confidence. But if I don't want you to succeed, like maybe, maybe you're happier than I think I am and I hate you for it. <laughs> That's an Eris thing. Your happiness causes me pain. It's not schadenfreude. It's the opposite. It's like your happiness. I hate that you're happy. You know. So we can actually, when Eris goes wrong, try to bring each other down. So there's competition. There's one-ups personship. <laughs> there's um, king of the hill kind of, you know, who's the best and strongest kind of stupid competition games. Um, so anyway, he, over the course of many lifetimes, has been around... Um, you know, people who are not getting along. He will see the world through the lens of, potentially, the factions that can't get along 
And then he's going to say, well, I just need to do this thing over here, because the Southland in the second says, I need to be self-reliant. Southland and the second house people often are very good at getting stuff done that they need to get done without too much complication from others. That's part of the key to Macron's journey. Um, there are a couple of minor bodies square the nodes. I'm going to skip them uh, in this analysis. Um, but yes, if you're pulling up charts like I do, yet you know, yes, Arjun Suri in the 12th house of square and Nessus in the 6th house of square, and they're in exact opposition within a half degree to each other. I, okay, and we're going to skip that. Um, because I want to talk about the south node ruler, Mars. That's kind of where I want to go with this, to, to, to focus on the Pluto north node bit and Libra in the eighth, but then really talk about the south node ruler. So the south node talks about the kinds of family environments you're plopped into in many lives by soul, and it represents the conspiracy of love between your soul and the souls of others. Every soul needs, while well, human, to learn certain things, and souls know they can't do it alone. So you're going to be, your soul knows you're going to be born helpless and clueless. And so a kind of conditioning environment, please, it says, you know, over sloppy joes in the cafeteria in heaven, I need to be taught how to be human. Here are my themes. Pushing buttons, self-reliance, and, and, and these other souls raise their hand and say, look, we're, we're going to do a family unit thing. Why don't you come join us? You'll be our kid. We'll teach you that. We'll teach you that, or we'll ignore you, and you'll have to learn it by yourself. Whatever. Everything that happens to a human in family reflects these contracts between souls. The souls love each other, so you have this idea of the conspiracy of love. It's a setup by your soul and the souls of the other people to teach you what you need to know. That's the second step. What I was talking about the South Node stuff. He's born in a family where Eris and the Second is prominent, and Aries, right? And he's born in families where Pluto and Libra is not prominent. It's missing. It's 180 degrees away, roughly. That's the second step of the, the karmic analysis that I teach. The third step, moving on, is the south node ruler by sign. So in this case, it's, the south node's in Aries. The ruler by sign is Mars. So this tells me about his the way he shows up in many lives, special skills and talents and roles. And if he doesn't do it, He's going to be giving off karmic vapors that say, I kind of like this. I'm really good at it. So even if he doesn't opt for a role such as what I'm going to describe, uh, others will nudge him or push him into it because they recognize his potential. So, I st so, so given that, 7th house south node ruler says, I do know how to talk to people. I know how to sell things. I do know how to listen. But it can also be, but I'm kind of a chameleon, and I don't ever really take a stand, and I know better than to piss anybody off. So think about this. <laughs> South node in Aries, conjunct Eris. He understands the, the power that comes, or the drama, not power, I mean the impact, but say the drama and the impact that come from pushing people's buttons, from competing, from backstabbing, from trying to one-up each other, right? To try to make each other feel small when you feel challenged. Like He's been around that. He's been around the block. And then the South Node ruler itself is in Venus's house, so he's listening, he's talking to people. And it's in Leo. And he's, you know, probably one of the most charming politicians out there. So what you hear about him, one of the first things you hear in a profile, uh, you know, is that he doesn't say things that make anybody mad. 
He doesn't seem to go, you know, he seems to agree with everybody, was how it was said in this BBC profile tonight, uh, and thereby gets along with them. Well, South Node Ruler is in the seventh house. That's a skill. But like I said, it can make you a chameleon without backbone, too. Uh, Leo, South Node Ruler and Leo, uh, wants to play and have fun and needs validation. Leo in the seventh is this striking marker for South Node Ruler of, of needing validation. And I did look up his wife's chart, um, and her South Node is on his South Node Ruler. So her South Node's in his seventh, conjunct his Mars. So there's just like a little connection where there's, you know, going to be a little depth in there. You know, when you, you find somebody you have a connection with and the, you have a planet on his or her South Node or vice versa, there's a depth in there. there. You know, there's a connection, a familiarity, say it that way. Especially as it's his South Node ruler and her South Node. They, in certain ways, they're going to automatically, from the get-go, speak the same language. Yes, they met when he was her student. <clears throat> and the relationship persisted, or he persisted in pursuing her later. Whatever happened, uh, I, I haven't studied all those details because um, I have a life to live. But um, the point being that he is um, hes a seventh house person. He's going to listen. And he, but one of the details here that's important is the Southland ruler Mars is retrograde, which means that this thing he has overdone in a bunch of lives. So what I want to offer you is his knowledge of, of Aries, Eris, South Node stuff. You know, I, I could make you feel bad about yourself. I could spread rumors. I could lie. I could, you know, tell the truth and hurt you, right? He knows how to do that. But the South Node ruler in the seventh and Leo says, but I would really rather get along because... I want everyone to be happy so I know I'm liked. That is part of his story. Now, part of the story is I'm self-reliant and I don't need you to like me, but another part is, gosh, it feels really good when you do like me. And I'm not putting him down or whatever. Uh, I actually am really curious about how, how his experience and you know his stuff is going to play out in office, but, but I think there's this multi-layered thing about self and other. You know, self-reliance versus, you know, Okay, so when the Southland ruler is retrograde, you've done too much of something. And it is entirely possible that his skills with his South Node and the South Node ruler have gotten him into this office. And the real test will be the North Node Pluto and Libra. Can he really negotiate, work with people? Because, because you're going to have to say things people don't like. That's the, that's the empowerment in Pluto and Libra. Like, for example, love, dear loved one, I love you, but I can't do that for you this month or maybe ever. You know, you have to come out of codependency, those behavior patterns that may arise because you're trying to be liked. Uh, Pluto and Libra the empowerment is telling the ugly truth without having to fight. Telling the truth, even if it's ugly, right, that's what I'm saying, and getting to the place where you are with the other person, you are listening 
and you are not making them wrong for their position, and you're not assuming you're, this is the healthy negotiation compromise dialogue diplomacy thing with a healthy Pluto and Libra. So he has, not, what I'm getting at is he has, in a bunch of lives, found various levels of success. Scale is relative, but he's found success. And here we have, you know, elected to a major Western European nation, to, to the presidency. Um, he has navigated the world in certain lives by not being controversial, but he's going to have to step up to that line as the president of France. So I think that he's gotten there from this karmic skills, but he's now, you know, I actually looked up, I couldn't, I didn't find out when the, when he's sworn into office or whatever, but, but, but basically as, you know, when he assumes a presidency, I mean, starting now as he's won the election and all the eyes of the, you know, parts of the world are upon him, uh, trying to figure out who he is and what he's about and what he's going to do. And is he going to stay the same as he was? Eh, same questions as out quote, outsider, unquote, Trump, right? You know, how will he govern? No one knows. In Trump's case, it's because his constant hyperbole, 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 as well as exaggeration and untruth, lies, uh, and grandiose misstatements and twisting, you know, in his case, everyone's like, can he possibly continue that? And here we are, 110, 115 days, whatever, into Trump's presidency, and yes, he can. With Macron, people are going to be like, can he continue not making anyone mad? And the answer is no, he won't be able to. That's just a flat out, that's a flat out fact. If he tries, he's going to be wildly unpopular because people in positions of leadership have to make decisions and they learn that they can't, if you're in a position of leadership, you have learned that you can't make everyone happy all of the time. I think he has the right spirit of when he mentioned Le Pen or his opponent, I don't remember if he said her name or just, you know, uh, he said something like, for people who voted for me, blah, 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 for people who voted for my opponent, blah, blah, and people in the crowd started booing in this exception speech, and he said, no, please, don't boo, don't boo, because we're all in this together, basically, summarizing several things that he said. I do think that that spirit is perfect for this Pluto and Libra on the North Node, but he will be tested. He, he definitely will be tested. I do want to mention, um, let me just check which chart I'm looking at. Yeah, so when he officially formed this uh, party, his political party, um, I just want to point out that was when transiting Jupiter in mid-Virgo was square transiting Saturn in mid-Sagittarius. And mid-Sagittarius is where his Neptune is. And uh, Ceres and Venus are not far away. But anyway, Saturn had just, um, I believe within a week or ten days prior, had gone retrograde. Actually, I can look this up right now. Let me just see the dates. It was April 6th, and uh, when did Saturn go retrograde? Oh, like the 25th of March. So uh, 10, 12 days pr prior, Saturn stationed, right, and turned around uh, on his Neptune in the 10th house. So there's this idea of, like, you know, uh, who he is in the world and what he can offer the world. And there's a reality check there. And so he structured something to reach the masses of people, right? Saturn, transiting Saturn stations on your 10th house Neptune. You're going to do something to try to solidify your 10th house uh, world, uh, your 10th house expression. 
Um, the other, let me just see, was there another, uh, you know, I think the other stuff was in the uh, chart for the election. So I'm just going to pull that one up here. Um, yeah, I mean, obviously his, uh, his progressed moon is right on his north node. And transiting Jupiter is a degree and a half retroing in Libra away from his Pluto, which is, of course, conjunct the north node. So transiting Jupiter, which says expansion, opportunity, belief, right? In what way are you underestimating yourself? Um, happens to be in the same part of the chart as progressed moon, which is about the internal need to bring some part of you out. So I, like I said, I think the, the right spirit of unification and listening to people and respecting people, even if they have like really fucked up, shitty, isolationist, you know, fuck the EU, fuck the Euro, um, get rid of all the immigrants, close the borders. Like, even if they have that kind of like divisive tribal stuff, that's really destructive. He, you know, <laughs> transiting Jupiter and progressed moon are on his Pluto and North node in Libra in the eighth. So I think there, there's some promise there for, uh, him to have recently been waking up to new ways of doing this, new ways of figuring out how to work with people. What I want to say about the South Node and the South Node Ruler is it's super easy to revert to identities based on those symbols. So it's you, we can retreat to our South Nodes. In his case, uh, we, we do when we're stressed, and we can do it in order to ensure success. Success being relative to your conception of what the world is like and what it should be like and who you are and who you should be, uh, you know, and scales are relative. But finding success in life because you're in a groove, you're really good at your south node symbolism. He's really good at making money. <laughs> um, and he's really good at getting people to like him. Uh, you know by being charming, coming off his... So he could stick with that, but this Jupiter passing over the, the Pluto, which has been happening for months, uh, now it just happens to be retrograding within orb, you know, a, a degree and a half or two degrees. But um, the progressed moon there says, I, I need to bring this thing out in me. And so I think this is really a wake-up time for him in his karmic journey. Really a wake-up time. And it's possible with this kind of signature, because the eighth house is a private part of the chart in everybody, um, it's possible that He's very in touch with the opportunities and challenges of, you know, the depth of communication that's called for in the 8th house when you have to dig through your own psychological projections, your unmet needs from childhood, or your your expectations of what others are going to do for you in the, in the deep way in the 8th house. That's a 7th house thing, but deep in the 8th house, it's deeper. Um, it's possible that within his various, you know, relationships, including his marriage, he might you know, open up and be vulnerable in that way. But he will now have no choice as president that we're going to see this this part of him who needs people to get along, who needs to be of service, who needs to make life better for people. Like I said, I think he's, he's going to be tested on how committed he is, but there's a need here with Pluto on the North Node. Remember, I said there were two ways people experience that, and often they vacillate between them. One is, I don't get to do that because it's just not what I get to do, I, you know, whatever. And the other one is, God damn it, I'm going to do it, no matter what, you can't stop me. So, um, this is waking up, progressed moon is there, of all things, right, progressed moon, this, my, my heart, in order to feed my heart, I need to do this. 
So this is this is opening up for him. I think that's really exciting. Uh, as um, somebody pointed out to me the other day, uh, transiting North Node in the first degree of Virgo is in his seventh house and on his retrograde Saturn at uh, zero Virgo. And there is a thing about opportunity with the transiting North Node. We often have to overcome the limitations of the opposite, in which case asteroid Persephone and Pisces in the first, Persephone within us is perpetually 12, 12 and a half years old, 13 years old, perpetually a clueless, well, not clueless, but naive. Maybe smart, maybe precocious, but not really having time on Earth to have wisdom. And Persephone in the first house people are always going to seem young and in certain ways naive. So he's 39. He's the youngest, right? Uh, leader of France since uh, Napoleon Bonaparte. Uh, that's what the the ticker always says when when he's on the screen giving his speeches. <laughs> um, Persephone and the first house people are often they feel naive or incompetent or green or clueless or always 12 years old, uh, but they can also seem that way to other people. So yes, he has, um, you know this. Uh, 11th house sun in Sagittarius, he has this Capricorn rising, yes, he has a Taurus third house moon, um, Aries south and in the second, so there are, you know, things about him that might not be always pliable and soft, and, you know, you can think of a Capricorn rising person who shows up with a structure in his body, right? Uh, you know, he approaches the world through physicality, which is defined, right? Uh, how he engages with the world. But Persephone and Pisces in the first can be like, um, you know, he might actually wake up someday and be like, oh my God, I'm going to be the president of France. Because part of him might not ever feel like it's ready. That's a Persephone idea. Until it is. And then Persephone can grow up overnight. Actually, um, yeah, Persephone is represented in the book Living Myth, Exploring Archetypal Journeys. It's actually a double, it's a double wide chapter. I did a double long chapter uh, called Persephone's Ransom. Uh, anyway, it's one of the, I think, 10-ish uh, or 11 archetypes that are represented in that book. Um, but yeah, Persephone will grow up suddenly at some point, and maybe this is his you know, growing up because that transiting north node is opposing it. So when you have something like this, uh, you might find that, you know, in Saturn's in the seventh, natally, where I should start with this explanation is we often don't own planets in our seventh houses because we're wired to need others to activate that part of our psyche. So being in charge of something, being the authority figure, uh, you know, that here, transiting North Node on his Saturn in the seventh house. But what that Saturn is about is what can I do for people? It can be what can I get from them also, just be aware. Um, oh, I can be a chameleon if I don't say anything offensive, like Saturn, Mars in the seventh house right? Two hard-edged planets. You know, okay. Um, there's something else by a transit I wanted to look at. Well, of course, of course, Saturn is retrograding on his sun. Transiting Saturn, you know, is in Sagittarius retrograding on his sun. So there's a call to, to be mature and to take ownership of something, definitely. Um, so that's interesting. I just thought the, um, uh, I thought the, uh, you know, Moon-Jupiter thing was, just, and, and the transiting North Node were, uh, were fascinating there. Okay, uh, I think that's it. Thanks for your time and energy. Again, the uh, 
Evolutionary Astrology Basics 1 course beginning June 5th uh, will teach you the channeled model of soul that I use that informs all the astrology I do. Uh, you do need to have s familiarity with astrology basics in general, so understand what planets, houses, and signs are, and, and aspects, but you don't have to master all these things, but just have a familiarity so you're not completely lost when I when I mention a planet's name. Um, when we do astrology from this mindset, this channeled mindset, it has incredible effects on people. And I feel, at times I felt very fortunate that I'm able to develop a kind of work that, that speaks deeply to people's hearts and can help them really change what's happening in their in their lives through empowerment. Not a vague idea of health or healing, which is what a lot of New Age stuff promises. Here's information you can use to heal. No, actual changing your karma, actually changing your vibration. Uh, I, I sometimes feel fortunate to do that, but the other times I realize that um, you know I'm the beneficiary of this channeled wisdom and I'm just turning around so you know I'm grateful for the effect of my life and that I can share it with others but I'm also like of, of course it it resonates with people because it's from an ascended master who's committed to helping us evolve no matter what we need so even if you are very familiar with astrology even if you have gone through training programs with other evolutionary astrologers, perhaps even Steve Forrest's specific program and Jeff Green's program through his, you know, his graduates, uh, or him himself even, uh, even if you're very familiar with astrology and evolutionary astrology, this is going to blow your mind and rock your socks off, rock your socks, uh, blow, I don't anyway, it's going to have quite an impact because I've become better I become good at, I'll say I can say that, um, teaching the model of soul in an effective, succinct way. Instead of always having it in the back of my mind and forming what I do, because I had silent tutoring with Jehudi for years, uh, I'm, I've now articulated that in this course. So I, I'm excited to bring this to you so you can change your life from the inside out and really you know, master this ascended master's vision of soul. And he's basically saying, this is how your soul sees your life. So essentially learning this from me uh, is going to be learning what your soul thinks about your life and how to bring that wisdom through, how to let go of certain things so you can you know, manifest the vision of your soul. So info on that course is at tdjacobs.com. Look for the Learn Astrology graphic. It's a it's a chart, I believe. And uh, that starts uh, Monday, June 5th. It goes six weeks, but skipping, really seven, but skipping July Monday, July 3rd. And be in touch, Tom, at tdjacobs.com with questions about the course. I'm happy to answer to see if it's right for you. Uh, okay, take care. Thanks for your time and energy.